Welcome to episode 65 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, today I'm going to start kind of start with our intro of our person that we have on the podcast today. Cause my, uh, tip has to do with them too. So we have Lauren from busy Bee speech, and she has also written a blog post that was six simple ideas to keep virtual students engaged. Um, and so some of the things that she talked about that she'll also talk about in, uh, our interview is parent coaching. So she touches on that. So I will gloss pack past that one, but then she's also, she also talked about in the blog post using what they have at home. So it's, um, things like use the bubbles that they like at home or play with mm-hmm. their little baby dolls that they have at home. So they already have toys that they love to play with and they usually love to show other people. So use that. And then, uh, she talks about being ready to change activities. I would always have like, I would plan on about five minutes per activity at the most Mm -hmm. and have a list of ones that I could have as backups. Sometimes we only got to two of those and then I could save them for the, the other ones for the next time. But I always tried to have more than I needed for a session. Cause that's just the worst when you're like, Oh, we went through everything. I don't know what to do next with those busy little kids. And then another thing that she mentioned was using novel objects, um, toys and pictures. So, uh, she talks about that our kids can have shiny object syndrome too. So if they look at something new, they're like, Oh, they're really focused on that. I've had some kids that were like, get really preoccupied with something in my background or something like that. And it's like, use it, bring it in mm-hmm. talk about it, or it can even be, you know, something, um, for my older kids, something it's like, a character we saw really quick. And then they want to know more about that character so we can look it up together and things like that. So, and then she talks about incorporating music and movement. Um, so she says that she starts almost all of her sessions with a high interest song clip on YouTube. And so having that, you know, really hook them in right at the beginning, get them excited to be there and then have, um, kind of create that positive relationship with when I come to speech, it's really fun and we move around and things like that. And then she talks about engaging interactive materials and she has some great ones on her teachers pay teachers and boom learning stores. Um, she has some great themed mini units for those little kids, kind of a digital, um, sensory box and things like that, that you can use. So she will talk more about that in our episode today, but go check out her blog post too. Yeah. Those are all great. I I've definitely used, you know, when I've just kind of everything else is not working, uh, ask the child to go get their favorite toy right? and tell me about the favorite toy. And that seems to work really well in most cases or their favorite book and they can read the book or tell mm-hmm. me about the, you know, the story in the book. Uh, another thing that, that um, I've used is, you know, show me some pictures of you. So kind of like the experience book uh, twist on the experience book. Yeah. Uh, the challenge sometimes though, is that we don't always have photo albums anymore. 
we right. have digital, <laughs> we have phones with our, all of our, you know, uh, yeah. photos yeah. on it or, or yeah. the, they're in the cloud. So it doesn't always translate, you know, if the parent is there and can, you know, pull up some pictures and show real fast, uh-huh. and then the child is going to talk about them and what they did and all those, all that stuff. So that has worked well too. But I like all of those things that Lauren mentioned. I think those are great. And so she will, she is on today's podcast and she is at Busy Bee Speech. So mm-hmm. on to Lauren. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I just wanted to reach out to you, our really talented, wonderful listeners that we have, and just ask you if you want to join us. Yes. Would you like to be a content creator for the 3C Digital Media Network? We need you. We need content creators to come and join us. So if you have a blog, a webinar, a course, or maybe even a podcast that you'd like to do, we would love to speak with you. So please, if you have some ideas, email me at Todd, T-O-D-D, at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com, and I'll reach out, and we can have a conversation. And so hopefully we could have you develop whatever you'd like to develop and work with us. Again, Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com, and I will be in touch. Now, back to the interview. Okay, we want to welcome Lauren to the podcast. Lauren, tell us um, a bit of your background and how you got started as a speech-language pathologist. Sure. I graduated from LSU, Louisiana State University, way back in the day (laughs) in 2006. Um, And I've been working as a school-based SLP ever since. Um, The last few years, I'm actually half-time speech therapist, and the other half of the time, I'm lead special education teacher. So I'm over the special education department on the school level. Um, And then I have all my speech kids the other half of the day. And um, we started back to school this week, and we've already hit the ground running. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that is a lot to wear two different hats at school. And then mm. you also have some um, po- products that you create too. Tell us about those. Yes. I am author of the blog, busybeespeech.com. And my Teachers Pay Teachers store is actually called Lauren LaCour Haynes. So my whole name. Um, and I make and sell speech therapy materials um, geared towards school based SLPs and really any SLPs that work with um, like young students. So it's been great. It's been a great journey. I've been doing that for about eight, nine years now. Nice. Nice. So how did you adjust your products or even your own therapy when um, everything kind of had to switch online? Were you already, did you already have some online resources or how was that for you? Um, Not really. So everyone got thrown into the whole, let's all be teletherapists now, um, last spring. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I need stuff, you know, I'm sure everyone else needs stuff. So I went through the process of converting several of my products into more digitally based products, um, as well as creating new things. 
um, that would be more beneficial for teletherapy and doing therapy just in, across the screen, you know, online. Um, it can even be used like with an iPad in person as well, but um, they're really like geared toward doing teletherapy practice. And so I have um, one of the most popular products I have is baseline data kits. And it's like articulation, language, and fluency kits that um, I had that were printable. And then I transformed all those into an interactive PDF where you can just take data right across the screen. Um, and it just made it so much easier for me when I was starting out with some of my home-based learning students um, to just take that data real easily across the screen and not have to worry about um, trying to pull up different things and then use my pencil and all that. So because it populates a spreadsheet for that student um, with their um, with their data for that for that skill. Great. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like, you know, we do our big assessments and we think, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to know where my kid's at and where to start with mm-hmm. therapy. And then one, we only do those every three years at, mm-hmm. in the schools <laughs> and yeah. two, they change so much and so fast. And a lot of those things just go very broad and not very deep. So I think that's great to do. Yeah. I also, and- I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You were cutting out a little bit. <laughs> um, so last spring, it was like a lot of students just didn't show up for therapy sometimes. And so a lot of them lost a lot of um, time with their services. And so when school started back in August, it was really important for me to get that baseline data because some of them I had no idea where they would be right now because they had a break in services for so long. Right. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I had one school too, that I took over from another SLP and I was doing teletherapy. And when I got there, all of my kids' schools were the same and they all said, we'll speak appropriately in conversations, whether it was an articulation (laughs) kid, whether it was a language kid, they all had the same goal. And I was like, I had no idea where to start with any of them. So baselines were the things that I went to the first. Ah, that's horrible. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Don't do that. If you're not. Yeah. I was, I was glad that like the, I, I had to approach it very carefully with the school, but I was like, some of these goals aren't too specific. And they were like, yes, we know that's why you're here instead of the other person. But I was like, not sure if they knew that it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get when you go into a new school. Right. Right. So how was the transition to telepractice with your, with your sort of dual role? Were you training uh, uh, teachers mm-hmm. as well as SLPs? Yes. So, well, I wasn't, I wasn't really training other SLPs because I was, uh, it was just me and one other SLP at my school. So it was just the one. And then it was the rest of the special special education teachers. Um, So my day consisted of a lot of little faces across the screen, as well as a lot of adult faces across the screen, trying to explain how to do things and how to get online and how to share screens and do things, you know, that they might've not been used to answering lots of questions, um, having weekly meetings, sometimes bi-weekly meetings with my um, team. So it was very, uh, it was very challenging, but, you know, um, we made it work and I'm super proud of us for for getting it done. Um, It was hard stuff, but, um, but as far as me personally, like transitioning into like 
moving my therapy to across the screen. Um, it had its challenges for sure. Like it, I had a learning curve. Um, the majority of my caseload is preschool and kindergarten. Um, and then I have like a the severe class, which was like mostly like students with autism or Down syndrome or, or those types of things. And um, and so working with that type of population across the screen, it it was not um, it was not easy, and it and it was not perfect. <laughs> um, it's still not. I have a couple of students who are still virtual this year. Um, the most of the most of the rest of them are on campus now, but um, this you know I still see a couple of them, and you know it's still trial and error, but. Um, you know, we got it done. We figured some stuff out. I learned so much. Um, I guess with with the population that I that I served, um, the biggest problem for me was student engagement um, across the screen and just mm-hmm. getting them to to interact with me um, or interact with you know the things that I wanted them to do. So we uh, we did a lot of parent coaching, um, and that was that was a challenge, but that was new for me. But um, I, uh, I really saw the benefits of parent coaching and I was like, why haven't I been coaching parents for so much longer? Like this is a big plus to teletherapy because like, I don't get access to parents in the school system like that. Right. Um, and now I get to see into their home. I get to talk to their parents every session, which is, um, pretty awesome and, and explain to them why I'm doing what I'm doing. Please try to do this with your kids, set up a situation like this. Um, and how about you do that about five more times this week? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, it was definitely a learning curve, but, uh, but yeah, we, we got it done. And, um, and I guess I can't, I have no regrets is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, I would have done a few things maybe differently if I would have, you know, known what I know now, but giving what I knew then, like, I think I did the best I could for sure. Yeah. I was wondering, um, I think parents too are used to like, I send my kid to you and you fix them and you send them back, especially once we get to the school systems. How did you approach it with parents to make that shift when you're like, okay, I realize that I can't get you to engage over the screen. Cause I had a hard time with that with a lot of parents. They were just so used to that. Like, I'm going to sit you in front of the screen and I'm going to go. Yes, that's a huge one. And that's just kind of a mindset shift. I had to, I had to kind of broach with some of the parents. I mean, a few of the kids, they did okay. Like some of the articulation kids, if they set them in front of the screen and we did some things like that was, that was okay. Right. But, um, but some of those um, preschool language students that, that would not sit still, um, I had to just say, hey, um, we're going to be doing this therapy for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And I just need you to sit with them for that long with me. And, um, and we're going to be doing this together because I would explain like, these are the goals that I have and I have no way of assessing the goals or at least getting an idea of what they can do without their help. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understood that they're like, they saw the limitations that I would be able to do, um, just from across the screen myself. Uh, so we definitely, I was like, we definitely had that kind of right off the bat, this is what we're doing, you know, relationship um, to where I could kind of be a little bit more open and say, hey, I, I'm going to really need your help on this. <laughs> and um, and most of them were okay. There was a couple that would just like, you know, leave out the room. Um, but for the most part, um, it was it was okay. I had to just kind of explain <laughs> the goals and situation. Yeah. I like that you made it like goals focused, that if this mm-hmm. is where we want to go, this mm-hmm. is how we need to get there. <laughs> yes. So uh, in, 
I just want to back up and ask you about your team uh, there at school. Did you notice anything that anything that worked well in terms of training others? Because that's always something I'm trying to explore. Of how how do we train other people to do this? Me, I'm training grad students, but I also you know go out and get. Sometimes I go and consult with with others and try to help them build their skills with telepractice. Any any ideas you gleaned from that process? Well, um, there's a few things that we did. I I recognized that some of them were a lot less tech savvy than the others. So I had to treat those team members um, differently than the, than the team members that had a lot of tech knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. So a few of them, I had to kind of hold their hand just through the process of this is how we Zoom. <laughs> this is how you share your screen and all and all of that type of situation. Um, and then once everyone got a good grip on that, because um, we started having faculty meetings via Zoom and, and all of that. So they had to learn these things real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they got more familiar with it, we could go into, okay, let's try this Chrome extension for your screen. Like this will help you pull two things up at one time and your kids can see it, you know, um, mm-hmm. but let's try this and that. So it was a lot of like tech support at first, um, mm-hmm. but then just last year, especially um, having some students who are virtual of all ages of elementary. Um, some of them needed different things. Okay, well, this student is just turning off his camera and not listening. So let's come up with some type of reinforcement system or some type of um, student and like, different ways to engage the students to actually want to come and participate and things like that. Um, we had, you know, lots of trial and error with different things. But we, the, the best thing was that we just troubleshooted together and I just encouraged them to be really open with me on what they were struggling with so that we could come up with solutions together. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I get their buy-in into the training mm-hmm. process and then let yeah. them solve the problems. And like you say, right. come up with those solutions. Yeah. That's great. So you mentioned Chrome extensions. I haven't used those a lot. Do you have some favorite ones that were really helpful? Yes. Um, so Duo, is it Duo? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to like, <laughs> look at we, we can pause. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Um, okay, let's see. Loom was a good one. Uh, do y'all do use Loom? I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Um, that's if they wanted to create something and then send it to the students, like uh, Google Classroom. So you would have like your little picture down here, and your screen would share, and then you could you could present. Um, so Loom was a great one that they would use. Um, Duo, I think, was the one that helped you put your screen side by side, so you can just have two screens at once for in different, mm-hmm. um, I think, different settings to where it was one was bigger, one was smaller, so you could have your data on one, and then the students work on the other or, or whatever. Um, so that was helpful. Um, Grammarly is also helpful. Um, we put that on the students as well as the teachers ones for whenever we write reports. So there's, there's lots of different good Chrome extensions. There's a, a Bitmoji one. Um, so you could use like different little emojis and Bitmojis while you're sharing your screen or doing little different things. Um, so yeah, those are a few of them that we, that we used last year. Great. And did you find any specific websites or other materials that you really liked in terms of telepractice? Um, yeah, I, I 
had a few of them that I would use, obviously Boom Learning. Um, and then with my younger students, we did a lot of Pink Cat games, um, the little, the, the wheel games, spinner wheels. Um, mm -hmm. We did some dice. There was a website for dice. So we would, mm -hmm. uh, you could make dice and you uh, spin that. Um, lots of different little like game type websites that I use for reinforcement. But what I really use the most is Google Slides. Um, cause with my students with autism, a lot of them had like preferred characters or preferred, um, items that they really liked or topics that they really loved. Um, so I would get like, uh, we had one student who loved Elmo. So I would make Google slides with a whole bunch of Elmo and then like, I would cover him up and then oh, let's look for Elmo. And then we would like, I would just throw pictures on there and move the pictures to where we would find Elmo. And then he would have to like label other pictures that we found um, or tell what the function of the object was of the other pictures that we found until we found Elmo. Um, so just making a bunch of just materials that weren't fancy, but, um, but that were engaging <laughs> was yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes the, the, the sort of low tech kinds of things are, yeah. are work best. Yeah, depends on the student for sure. Um, some of my articulation students, uh, they like you know those those regular games. Like they want they want to work for just some computer games, and that's that's fine. But um, but some there are some students where you definitely have to think outside the box. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Lauren, now I think it's time for our most important part of this whole process. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> So this is what we call our moment of Zen. Okay. Okay. So we can feel very calm and relaxed, but uh, we have 10 questions we want to ask you and you can answer them with short answers or as long as you would like. And so you can explain, you cannot explain whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, what's the most used app on your phone? Mm, do I have to be truthful? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Instagram because <laughs> I'm on there all the time and um, I have like a busy bee speech on there and I'm sharing a lot of speech therapy materials, sharing a lot of mm -hmm. ideas and tips there um, at busy bee speech. So uh, I'm, <laughs> that's the one I use probably the most. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really been interesting how Instagram has been a big sort of place, you know, or the place mm -hmm. where a lot of SLPs go now. And so it's, it's been interesting to watch that over the past year, especially. Yeah. Um, what was the last TV series you streamed? Um, actually, <laughs> Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> my husband and I love watching Law and Order. And, um, and so we recently got those series and we just binge watched all of them. We, I don't know, we're, we like those types of like uh, true crime shows or documentaries mm -hmm. and then like law and order and different kinds of shows like that. So, yep. <laughs> it's been on like 20 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, a there's a million seasons. So <laughs> we're never running what's, out. <laughs> what's, what's funny, uh, quick story is that I was watching, this has been several years ago now, uh, but my undergraduate degree is in journalism. And so I, I, I went to journalism school with this, this guy who was getting his degree in journalism, but he was also doing some stuff on the side, some acting, local stuff. This is at the University of South Carolina. And so he was in some plays and things like that. And then afterwards, he kind of 
changed his name and um and i didn't know what happened to him i, I kind of lost contact with him but this was about 10 years ago i'm watching an episode of law and order and he's the bad guy on law and order stop no way <laughs> <laughs> like he looks familiar. God, oh, oh, it was that, you know, same my friend from all those years ago. So I guess he's still doing it, but uh, I haven't seen him do anything else. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. When I went when I went and saw a show on Broadway, almost every single bio of every single actor in there was someone on some season they were like in Law and Order somewhere. It was like <laughs> dead person number three or Vic- something Victim. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What's a favorite book of yours? Um, um, I read tons of books and they're mostly audiobooks. Um, and I read like, I'll read like self-help books, but I also read fiction books. So mm-hmm. you want me to narrow it down? Like you, you want a self-help book or you want a fiction book? What you want? <laughs> Just throw one out there. Okay, so um, the last fiction book I read was The Nightingale. It was it was mm-hmm. really, um, I guess, poignant. Like it was from World War II, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was just very like sad and emotionally evoking. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. And then the last self help book I read was The Five Second Rule, mm-hmm. which was awesome of getting your mindset shifted back to where you want to get things done and um, and just away from like anxiety and different things like that to like lower your stress and all of that. So I liked the five second rule too. Yeah, I've read, I've read that one as well. Oh. Um, let's see. What's your favorite genre of music? Um, probably like folk, I guess, is what, um, is what it would be called. Maybe like Joshua Radin and Sarah Brellies mm-hmm. and that type of just like slow. Um, but I also love old school 90s music listen to it all the time too <laughs> so, so do i i love jazz and you being in louisiana you have to kind of true. maybe love like jazz, jazz. <laughs> yeah um who would you like to have dinner with dead or alive um hmm, maybe other than like jesus <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, might, he might come up later in a question, so you can save him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe alive. I would like to have dinner with um, Scott Yaris and Nina Reeves, who do the stuttering therapy resources. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuttering therapy, and I would love just to sit and pick their brains um, over dinner. I think that would be super fun. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, they may... I'm sure they listen to this podcast, so I'm sure oh, they'll reach out to you. I'm sure. Uh, uh, what's the, uh, where's the most exotic or the farthest place you've been? Um, my husband and I went to Aruba for our honeymoon and that nice. was very nice. Um, the water is super clean there and uh, everyone like, you know, pretty much spoke English and it was just, the beaches were beautiful um, and we really, really enjoyed that. So yeah, we went to Aruba and then this summer we actually went to Idaho, which was beautiful. Not Aruba. Really? Aruba. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> nope. On, yeah. on my like top 
million list of exotic places. I don't know if Idaho would be on there, (laughs) but I grew up right next to it. So it's beautiful there. It is beautiful. Beautiful. Like we saw so much stuff. We did hiking and we, uh, we saw like waterfalls and canyons and mountains. Mm -hmm. And I was just so impressed with Idaho. (laughs) The nice place to visit. Uh, What's the scariest thing you've done? You've done. Um, scariest thing and and you can define scary in any way that you'd like okay well whenever I went to Costa Rica we went zip lining and that was pretty scary for me because I hate heights Mm -hmm. um and so my friends and I were like okay we're gonna go zip lining I was like okay well I mean I can climb a tree trees aren't too bad and we'll zip line but I didn't realize you had to like climb a mountain and then a tree so (laughs) it was very high (laughs) and I was like, this is not fun. I ended up having to like ride with the guide and doing the zip line <laughs> because it was, it was really scary for me. So that was like one of my little um, scary moments and <laughs> overcoming my height fear. Yeah. When, when you're higher than the treetops, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what's a pet peeve? Um, pet peeve. Um, I guess as a speech therapy, just, um, a speech therapist just hearing those <laughs> those awkward speech sounds or um, grammar errors or all those little things that um, I can't unhear now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when you hear that like lateral lisp in an adult, you're like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can't not hear it. That was <laughs> so, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really hard now that you know you, you're trained to listen for it. You just can't. <laughs> right, right. right. And there, there's some like, you know, national broadcasters on different networks and things that have lists or, or you know certain things it yeah. just drives me nuts isn't it? you know they have the means to fix that <laughs> but they don't um right <laughs> so, big pet peeve i get it mm-hmm. um if you didn't choose your current profession of speech language pathology what profession would you like to choose i'd like to try 100 I would, I would be a baker or i would own a bakery and coffee shop um, I love to cook. I love to bake. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I like, it's very relaxing for me, de-stressing. And um, I mean, I know probably if you owned your own bakery or something, it would be stressful, but uh, mm-hmm. for me, it's just, it's just relaxing and I love it. <laughs> good, good. And your last question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, um, as a believer, I think I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, because I served him and, um, and yeah, and we would, it would be like, he was, that will be, he was supposed to say so. Good. Awesome. Well, Lauren, how can people get in touch with you? I know you're on Instagram. You have the website. You don't mind just sharing all that. Yeah, sure. Um, Instagram is busy at busybeespeech and my website is busybeespeech.com. You can email me busybeespeech at gmail.com. And then I'm also on Facebook under um, facebook.com slash busybeespeech. So you can find me in any of those places. Awesome. Well, best of luck with everything that you're doing. Thank you. It was so much fun talking to y'all. So that was Lauren Haynes from busybeespeech.com. I really appreciate Lauren being with us and sharing so many ideas and tips and tricks that can help you as a clinician 
improve your telepractice service delivery. So check out her website. You can also find her on Instagram, and I'm sure she would love to hear from you. I, we, Kim and I would love to hear from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us at Todd, T-O-D-D, at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. If you have someone in mind that you think should be on the podcast, please let us know. Or if you want to be on the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And with that, we'll see you next week. Be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. <music>